Chris Stoner is the owner of Baltimore Sports and Life. BSL is dedicated to analysis and discussion on the Baltimore Orioles, Baltimore Ravens, and the University of Maryland. Other parts of BSL include the networking events, Baltimore Metro Business Development, BMBD, the Business Development Group Paysetters, and the site Baltimore 2029, which aims to celebrate the best of Charm City as Baltimore nears its 300th anniversary. This show will be utilized for discussion on sports and Baltimore as a whole. Discuss the show at the BSL message board and check out the other BSL radio offerings. Welcome in. I'm joined today by Matt Kremitzer, currently with uh, Pressbox, formerly with Candom Depot, uh, The Athletic, and also uh, Masson. Matt, how you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? Good. Thanks for joining. Uh, so we're closing out this abbreviated 20 season uh, for the Orioles. Kind of just take us through. What are your big picture thoughts on what we've seen? Uh, I think it's mostly been positive. Uh, this last uh, stretch has been a, a little bit frustrating ever since, I guess it seems like uh, the middle of that Met series uh, when Conforto made that uh, ridiculous catch in right field. Um, it seems like ever since that period of time, uh, which I guess was also when Chris Davis kind of rejoined the team. I have no idea if that's related or not. Um, but the series against the Yankees and, and the Rays were, were both kind of disasters. Maybe not super surprising, but you know that was the last time the Orioles were on the cusp of the playoff talk, uh, however serious that was, um, which was fun. Um, but you know, besides that, I mean, I, I think a lot of the positives are are the growth in, in the young players. Um, the team has already exceeded the win total that probably most the, the most optimistic fan could could you know envision, uh, probably around 20 wins or so. Um, who knows if they'll add a couple more here or there? Um, but I, I think the tone is mostly positive. Yeah, I, I, I agree, Matt. You know, I think there are a number of things to point to. Obviously, at some point this year, we question if we would see any baseball. We got two months of action, two months to look further at what uh, the O's have existing internally. We got to see the. Uh, Obviously, the minors were deprived of their season, but the Royal Brass got to have the extended time with uh, the best talent at Bowie. Uh, the draft was a bridge, but, you know, and be a while till we know what the actual returns were, but the uh, it seemed like they accumulated a fair amount of uh, talent there. And and the trades we saw this summer were logical. So, you know, all in all, I, you know, it feels like it's been a successful couple of months for the Orioles. Um before we get to the off season, let's just go around a dime a little bit, evaluate what the Orioles have exactly. Uh, let's start a catcher. You got Severino and Cisco. Do you run it back next year? Do you look to trade one? Obviously, we're all waiting for Rutschman. He's got 130 career minor league at bats, nothing above Delmarva. Then, obviously, he's finishing this year at the alternative camp. Uh, so, again, Severino and Cisco. What do you do there, and where would you start Rutschman next year? Uh, so I think Rushman will start at Bowie next year. My guess is he kind of plays maybe half around half the year at Bowie, and then he goes to Norfolk. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if he's like a late a late you know season addition, um, or maybe they they move him up in twenty twenty two. But I don't know if they'll move him super quickly. Um, in terms of Severino and Cisco, I think next year is Severino's first RB year. I would not be surprised at all if they tried to move him in the off season. Um, him and Cisco are kind of the same in that they're below average defensive catchers. Both are pretty bad at framing. Um, Severino has a really good arm. Cisco, not so much. 
Um, but I think Cisco is a little bit better when it comes to blocking pitches. But either way, they're both at least average or below average. Um, but offensively, they have been better uh, until Severino's recent uh, cold streak. Um, I think even Cisco hasn't been quite as good in, in September. Um, but, I, you know, you could kind of convince me either way, maybe run it back with both, uh, maybe try to deal Cis, uh, Severino out with, with Cisco being the, the, the guy who to split with someone. But I don't think either one is, is someone you want taking, you know, the majority of the work. They're kind of, you know, they split half and half and just see how it goes. I'm going to leap over first. We'll come back there. Uh, let's go to second. And Alberto, who um, I, I like more than his production, says I should. Uh, obviously, it's average a little bit hollow with, with the low on base and the uh, slugging concerns. Doubles have been up this year. Uh, homers have been down. Uh, There's a suggestion at our board the other day that, um, yeah, I, I guess caught me off guard, but maybe it makes a little sense. you think there's any chance he's non-tendered this offseason? No, I, I think they'll bring him back. Um, I mean, anything's possible with anyone who's, who's in arbitration with the Orioles, um, but I, I do think they'll bring him back. Um, he's a decent fit there. He's not any kind of long-term solution. I kind of agree with you there that um, I, I like him maybe more than the numbers say because maybe because of how he plays. He's a, you know, he swings a lot, doesn't walk a lot. He's a, he's a little bit different than, you know, the three true outcome. Type <laughs> right. that, um, that's been, that's been my point over and over, Matt. Just, just, he looks different. Right. And it just, uh, yeah. And it, I mean, yeah. He's overall, I mean, he's just a fun guy. He's, he's easy yep. to, he's easy to root for. Um, I would be surprised if he's non-tendered. Uh, at short, I mean, Iglesias is nearing 3000 career at bats. Obviously he's not a 380 hitter, but everything we've seen him this year for the Orioles, when he's been able to play, he's uh, squaring everything, 15 doubles in his 130 at bats. Easy decision for Elias to pick up the team option or uh, do you, do you question that? Well, I think it's a no-brainer. I think it's three million. Um, I don't. I don't see why they wouldn't do that. So yeah, I, I think they you you should pencil him in for a shortstop next year. So Ruiz plays a quality third. He's got a little pop, but the career sub two twenty batting average isn't going to cut it. Uh, looks like another stopgap option. Would you be trying to improve on him this off season, or would you be, uh, or would you anticipate him coming to spring training with uh, with the job? I, I, he's kind of in the Alberto category for me. Um, I'm a little bit more disappointed in Ruiz's season um, because of how he started the year. Um, he had the power. He kind of had that uh, the look of the, someone who might be surging after he uh, he was uh, demoted and back, promoted again. It seemed like he had more of uh, some power to his game, um, and it really hasn't translated. He's been okay offensively, um, and then the defensive issues as well. I, I don't know what's going on the last few weeks, but he's been making some wild throws, not not quite as solid as he's been. I think he's he's still around average, um, but I was hoping he'd be a, bit, a little bit better than that. Maybe it was just uh, you know uh, just a hope on on my end. Um, but I mean, he's still pretty cheap. I, I don't know why they wouldn't bring him back unless they, they just want to try something different. Um, but him and Alberto, I wouldn't be surprised if they're both back next year. Yeah, I agree with a lot of what you said there. I also had some hopes for him uh, coming into the year, and I, I don't. After he had the shoulder injury and he missed a couple of games, I, I thought he never quite looked the same to rest. And maybe it's just me, but obviously he showed uh, the additional pop in the second half of last year and the start of this year, which was good to see. But I also thought he got a little uh, pull happy, and even though his average was low last year, I thought he had a 
Last year, I thought he had a lot of quality at bats, and I, you know, I thought he was somebody that could potentially wind up hitting for average. He was using using a lot of the field, but um, I don't have a problem with him coming back again. Stopgap option, but uh, we'll we'll see where uh, he looks next spring. I said I'd circle back to uh, first. Let's uh, do that here with a larger look at first and the corner outfielders, and obviously DH. So the Orioles have a number of a uh, number of options and more on the way. Um, you know, there's a number of ways you can make this work. For me, I, I'd want to see where Mancini is health-wise next um, next spring. Uh, and if he looks ready to go, I'm probably at that point trading Nunez. I would target Mancini for first, uh, Santander and right, and then I'd have uh, Mountcastle and Stewart splitting time between left and DH, and I guess occasionally first, and then. By June, my hope would be that uh, Diaz would be taking over left, and then a decision would be somewhere between, uh, at that point, Mancini and Stewart, obviously understanding the Orioles trading Mancini coming off of, uh, you know, him dealing with cancer would not be uh, probably welcomed in the community or maybe in the clubhouse. How do you see all that working out? Yeah, that all of that is more than reasonable. Um, I, I, even though it, it could make sense for the long-term direction of the team, I just can't see them dealing Mancini next year. Even if he's if he starts the year great, um, and he's just you know back to himself, uh, maybe there's some whispers that they would talk about it. But I, it would just shock me if they would. But again, anything's possible. Um, and you know, at the end of the day, what matters most is you know building a consistent winner. Um, but in terms of Playing time, um, I think Mancini, as long as, as you mentioned before, health-wise, he's okay. He'll get the bulk of the work at first base. Um, I do see Nunez being either traded or non-tendered. I don't think he has that much value, so I could easily see him being non-tendered. He's kind of – it's kind of a shame because, you know, here and there when he gets on his runs, you're always like, okay, well, if this, this guy has tremendous power, if he could just play an okay first base, he'd be a decent player, but – it just seems like he's unplayable in the field and he doesn't get on base enough. Um, the power is real when it shows up, but it just doesn't happen enough to make him, you know, an, an elite bat at first base or even DH really. Um, left field, I think Mountcastle will get the bulk of the work next year. Uh, and I do think Santander will start the year in right field. Um, so, so I guess we haven't really quite moved to right field yet. But um, Stewart, yeah, that, that's another good question of what happens with Stewart uh, between one of the corners and uh dh because uh how he's looked recently in the field he's just not playable <laughs> in the field either so is he is he really you know how, how real is his bat yeah i guess nunez my hope there is uh if the national league becomes official that they have universal dh uh, going forward maybe there's uh, a few more spots you can move him <clears throat> and then you know mancini and stewart if you play it out a little bit further I guess what I'm anticipating is that if Mancini is healthy next spring, I kind of think the Orioles are going to reward him with an extension. But beyond that, you got what two years left on Mancini's uh, existing control, and I think you have Stewart through 25. So, you know, for me, the Orioles. I mean, the question there would be: uh, Are you going to roll with the additional control with Stewart, or, or are you ready to invest with Mancini, who's uh, I believe two years older? So. Uh, I guess we'll find out as. Uh, as yeah, time it, it may it may come down to whatever they you know they they think Mountcastle is. Can he stick in left field? Is he someone they want to roll with out there for the next few years, um, or do they end up thinking that he's just a first base only guy? Um, those seem like the only two options really at this point. 
And if you do think he can stick in left field, maybe you keep Mancini around with an extension. Like you said, I mean, he's, he's, you know, quote unquote, the face of the Orioles, um, whether that means he's going to be their best player or not in the future. You know, he, he's just the guy right now with everything he's gone through and, and kind of uh, how he came up from being, you know, just a fringe prospect. And now he's arguably the team's best player. So um, I could see that going both ways, but really I just, it'll be nice to see him on the field next year. And I hope he's able to stay healthy. Uh, the Oriole I enjoy watching the most is uh, Austin Hayes. Uh, started the year with a struggle, um, uh, then then hurt, or maybe uh, he was hurt before uh, before he went on to DL. But either way, production was not there. Coming back, uh, starting to play better. Um, I, I I'm a believer in Hayes, but I certainly understand that you know as of next year, pressures on him that he has to stay in the lineup and perform and competition is a good thing. I think uh, you have to be pleased about what Mullins and what he was able to uh, accomplish this summer in terms of at least coming back from adversity, uh, you know, his struggles of last year and even the start of this year and, and being able to come back and be uh, useful. I, I mean, I guess I still look at Mullins as more of a fourth outfielder type, but uh, you know, potentially, you know, Hyde's touting him as a gold glove center fielder. I mean, he certainly has been exceptional this year in center. You know, I guess long-winded competition is a good thing. How do you see uh, center field going forward? Yeah, I think those two will battle for most of the work out there. Um, the, the thing with Hayes is he definitely has more upside, but he just can't stay on the field, um, whether it's just bad luck, uh, injury-prone, whatever. I mean, it, it's a shame because – even this season, uh, it would have been nice to see him more just in, in these 60 games. I mean, he missed, I don't know, half the year or so. Um, so it's, it's worth wondering if his bat is for real. Can he get on base enough? Uh, what kind of player really really is he going to be? There, there's still a lot to learn about him. Mullins, I would agree, he's more of a, a fourth outfielder type. Um, but it's nice to see his range in center field. It's Anytime you see a player with that, with that kind of range in center, especially depending how you think some of the other guys are, are limited in the corners, I mean, you, you want to have that guy in the middle. Um, so it's nice that Mullins is like a fallback plan uh, in terms of someone who can play center and, and play the other corners if needed. Yeah, and going back to the point we made with Alberto, I mean, uh, I, I don't know how you feel about the uh, bunning, but just in terms of a, a, a fan, it just is uh, – it's enjoyable seeing the game played a little bit differently, at least occasionally, even if we question some of the, uh, the ultimate value. But uh, I enjoy watching uh, – I have enjoyed watching Mullins play or at least taking advantage of the opportunity he's had this summer. Yeah, sometimes sometimes I wish he'd bunt more. Um, yep. bunt, bunt, you know, bunt for hit um, because – I don't know if he'll be able to make consistent contact. It seems like whenever he puts the ball in play, something good happens if it's on the ground or something like that. But I mean, he has, he has such a great speed that sometimes I wish he'd take advantage of it a little more, but it's, it's not an easy thing to do. Scott Harvey Tate. I mean, to me, that's the beginning of a quality bullpen. Of course you got Phillips Fry and Armstrong in good position to be part of the pen behind them. Klein's been up and down. Uh, I still like the arm there. Uh, Carroll doesn't have a whole lot of believers among Oriole fans, but Hyde's been fairly complimentary several times, at least what he's seen privately. I just have to see, you know, with Carroll, I got to see more control and then the ability to have get some movement. But uh, uh, what's your take with, with uh, the bullpen going into next year, at least with the existing internal options? Yeah, uh, I think they're in pretty good shape. Um, I, I they, they need to try to figure out how to get more out of Harvey, uh, maybe help him take that next step, maybe ha- be someone who they don't have to guard quite as much on, on back-to-back nights. Uh, it was really cool seeing Valdez this year. 
just mm-hmm. kind of come out of nowhere and then just scoreless inning after scoreless inning kind of just take over the closers role. I mean, I can't imagine anyone thought that was possible. Uh, and it seems like he's some, that one. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And uh, I don't see why he wouldn't be back next year too. It, it's definitely a fun story. So uh, between the guys that they have and still some of the younger guys who are at the Bowie site, I mean, they can cobble together a, a pretty decent bullpen. Uh, and I agree. It was great to see Scott and Tate and a couple other guys uh, thrive this year. Uh, I'm pretty sure Cobb is going to be back to start next year. And then I'm also pretty sure he's going to be traded next July, but you know, I'm fairly pleased going into the year of him, the rotation, especially if you figure the rest is going to be fairly young, uh, you know, and beyond that, if you're going in with, uh, means who's obviously finishing the year strong and then Aiken and Kremer, it's, uh, uh, they at least look like they have a decent uh, core to move forward with. And then uh, obviously underneath that, we've seen Zimmerman get his first couple of appearances, Lofer, Bauman, if he's healthy, Wells, uh, and the new acquisition Smith all on the verge. So what do you think about the existing starting uh, rotation depth? Again, uh, existing internal options. Yeah, I think you covered it well there. Um, there's some good good young options for next year. And then there's some other younger guys beneath them who need a little bit of work next year. So it seems like they're they're pretty good when it comes to depth. None of those guys is maybe an ace level. I know we were hoping that Means could maybe get to that point. Doesn't seem like that quite because of what happened this year. Um, but uh, you know, it's an okay rotation. Uh, young, improving. Uh, you know, something to look forward to next year to see, especially how uh, Aiken and uh, Kramer follow up their limited debuts this year. Similar to. Uh question we posed for uh, Routsman. What do you, what are your thoughts of Rodriguez and Hall next year in terms of where they are and the innings uh, that you, that they can accumulate next year? Hall had 80.2 last year. Rodriguez had 94. Obviously we don't know how many they are being, I guess, charted as having with uh, at the alternative site, but you know, how many innings do you think is reasonable for those guys to have next year? Yeah, that's a, a great question. Um, I, I'd imagine, I think before this season, Hall was ticketed for Bowie and Rodriguez was ticketed for Frederick. Um, I don't know if they're going to move that up a lot. I don't know exactly how, how many innings or, or whatever they term, determined to be innings they, they had at Bowie this year. Uh, I think they can move their workload up a little bit. I don't want to put an inning total on it. Uh, I honestly have no idea. That's It's, it's going to be a great question throughout baseball. You know, how how hard do you push some of these guys after not having like a real season? Um, but I think they might push them a little bit, but not, not, you know, overboard. Uh, it would be nice to see both at least in Bowie at some point. I don't know if Hall will make Norfolk next year. That seems maybe a little bit aggressive, maybe the second half of the year, depending on how he's doing. Um, but uh, I'm definitely excited for those two. Uh, and I, I don't want them to rush them and maybe see something bad happen. Um, they definitely are the, the two high ceiling pitchers that they have. And uh, I hope they, take care of them yeah i'm thinking debut sometime in 22 but next year it's really just uh trying to get them back into a normal routine i would think yeah uh yeah so in general and as we've gone through this i mean i feel pretty good about where the orioles actually are at this point system depths is improving we've created payroll flexibility going forward um you know with that increasing depth and flex payroll flexibility you have uh the front office should have room to maneuver. Um, you know, to me, I think there's enough talent here and on the horizon to, uh, you know, believe. I'm going to say I think the Orioles can be 
Yeah, I guess I, I'm jumping the gun a little bit, but I think they can be plus or minus 521. And I think that should be a catalyst to, you know, potential wildcard contention in 22. Uh, just, you know, your general take where the Orioles are at this point. They're, to me, they're at the stage where it's just starting to get fun, but I don't know if I look at them as a 500 team in a full season next year. I would, if I had to guess, I'd say below 500. I don't know, maybe five, five to 10 games below 500. Um, a lot of these guys have a lot to prove. Uh, you mentioned competition earlier. There's going to be a lot of that next year, especially in the outfield. Uh, whenever guys like Diaz are promoted, um, uh, what happens in the outfield? Uh, if some of the corner infielders or even someone like Ryland Bannon, I mean, when, when does someone like him make his debut? How much more work does some of these guys need at Norfolk uh, before they get promoted? Um, so I think I think John Mioli has mentioned roster churn a lot. There's still going to be a lot of roster churn a lot of it being with these young guys. Uh, and I, I think it's worth wondering if they actually bring in a, a veteran or two um, to, to even even help uh, compete in, in other spots too. Like, uh, you know, you, they seem to be fine with Hayes and Mullins and a lot of playing time, but who knows that maybe they'll want to bring in someone who's a, a more quality defender. They can't be pleased with some of the defense, especially this last, last month or so, uh, to help, uh, you know, with their young starters, adding extra outs in these games. You know, the extra pitches that they throw, there's, you know, more wear and tear on those guys uh, if, if they're not going to be sure that a lot of these guys are quality defenders at their spots. Uh, we mentioned, you know, with, with Ruiz and Alberto, too, like those guys are average defenders. Do they want, you know, to try to add someone like Iglesias, who's a better defender? Maybe that's something that they, they deem as, as necessary. I think that's all, uh, yeah, that's all logical, Matt, and particularly about the, the Orioles' You know, probably being a uh, projected as a low 70 win team. I think one of the reasons they were slightly more competitive this year is that the it was a compressed season. Uh, obviously, uh, easier to be, uh, you know, competitive over 60 games and 162. Uh, also, the expanded rosters, I think that certainly helped them early on when they were, you know, particularly with uh, the rotation issues, being able to have that expanded bullpen. Obviously, they won't have that uh, directly next year. So, uh, that could be another reason for some regression. I guess my general hope or optimism is that as these, uh, as the younger talent continues to ascend, uh, that, you know, obviously we're hoping that those are going to be more of the pieces going forward, but uh, let's see how, who comes up and when directly and, and what level of, uh, immediate production they're able to provide. Obviously that'll be a question. So what, what are your thoughts on uh, Hyde and his job this year? Uh, you know, I was generally, I think, uh, evaluating managers can be uh, difficult, and but mainly I would have thought he would be getting some uh, manager of the year of, of votes for just, you know, generally it seems the, the votes are typically do you exceed expectations or play better? Uh, uh, yeah, it's it's either uh, handed out to the champs or handed out to the, you know, the team that had no expectations and plays slightly better. So uh, what are your thoughts there? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I, I think he's done a good job. I don't know how you could really give him any, any, you know, poor marks for, for much. Um, maybe you think a player should be doing better here or there, but I mean, they, they've exceeded expectations in terms of wins already with four games left. Uh, it seems like for the most part, he's keeping the team together uh, this year. Yeah. Also, I, you know, he, he should be graded on a curve anyway for having to deal with uh, everything that's going on with Chris Davis. Um, <laughs> at least this year, they weren't, they weren't, at least this year, they weren't fighting in the dugout. 
but uh, you know, I, I think he's doing a good job. I don't know if uh, how how we could know if he's a great manager or not yet, mostly because the talent level is still so low. But it is getting better. Uh, but I, I I like him. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, a team general. I mean, right? What are you evaluating managers on? Right? It's like uh, as you said, are they do they collectively see, appear to be on the same uh, page? Are they playing relatively uh, hard? Um, and then you're looking for development, and then also just uh, how are you interacting? Uh, you don't know what the interaction is with players directly, but how are you interacting with the media? Uh, I think Hyde gets pretty good grades across the board. Seems uh, seems pretty comfortable there. And you know, uh, yeah, I, I think I think he's putting guys in positions to succeed. Uh, if yeah. they aren't succeeding, I don't know if that's his fault. It's frustrating to see some of these defensive miscues and base running errors. I don't know if you how much of that you can put on him. Maybe some of it. I mean, it's clearly something they work on. Um, but you know, I, I think overall he's done a good job, and I, I think things are in a, a pretty good direction when it comes to both him and, and Elias. Yep. So going there with Elias, and we can tie it in kind of uh, to the winner. So what's your current evaluation of Elias, and what would you like to see accomplished this winter? Oh, that's a good question. Uh, I, I I don't kind of the same thing with Elias. I don't know how harshly you can judge him. I mean, this, this past trade deadline, I think was handled not flawlessly, but you know, definitely, definitely well. Um, they traded some guys that before the season, maybe you didn't think they'd be able to get much for, and they seem to bring in some, some pretty solid returns. Uh, they're focusing on uh, youngsters for the future, you know, whether you want to, you know, call them lottery tickets, whatever, some of the 17 and 18 year olds who are, uh, in the Dominican and, um, but, and, you know, I think he's done a good job. Um, the Iglesias, the Iglesias move in particular looked really good. Uh, they didn't do much else in terms of adding players, uh, besides Malone, but they were able to deal with him. So that looked good. So uh, I think that's pretty good. Um, maybe more of the same this upcoming off season, maybe not having to do quite as much because the pitching depth is a little bit better. Uh, so whether they kind of just work on the fringes again with, uh, you know, like we talked about before, maybe third base, maybe second base, maybe somewhere in the outfield, even though there's competition. So uh, besides maybe just uh, maybe making some minor trades here and there, I don't think there's too much other than just building the same thing that he keeps talking about, that that t- the talent pipeline. Uh, with that talent pipeline, it's probably, I guess, my lead uh, thought for the winner. You got the, what, the next uh, international window is, is it uh, December or January? I can't remember at this point, but Believe it, I think it's January that uh, got postponed. So I'm hoping to see, you know, I'd like to see some larger splash. But as long as they continue to invest and uh, and build a uh, build a pipeline, that's uh, certainly positive over what we've seen the Orioles do previously internationally. And then, you know, we we've had these last uh, you know 19 and 20 as a way. You, you knew what these seasons were, and it's trying to evaluate further what you have existing internally. I think you made a good point about the idea of, uh, you know, potentially are, is this a winner where you look to start to augmenting the, the some of the core that you have and are developing and try and bring in another piece or two that will allow you to take that next leap. So, yeah, uh, interested there. Yeah, yeah. I wonder I wonder how many years it will take uh, to kind of lay that groundwork internationally before they kind of make a big splash. Uh, it seems the splashes that they've made so far, you know, they've, they're more than usual, but they're kind of like the middle of the road signings. Um, that's still a bonus for what we've seen in the, you know, the past with, with Peter Angelos and, and kind of how this organization has been run. Um, so it might take a few years to get that going. 
but I think everything is is trending in the in the right direction. I don't know. I don't know how how harshly you can critique w- what's going on, um, unless you just aren't a fan of rebuilding in general. Um, so I, you know, overall, I, it, it's definitely a positive light. Uh, things can always be better. It would be nice to see that elite talent, uh, someone like Rushman, uh, if he's able to play next year. It would it would actually be fun to see someone who's supposed to be you know a top a top five prospect in the game. What that actually looks like. A lot of the guys they have now are kind of. Decent players, uh, you know. Who knows how good Mountcastle is going to be? But I mean, he looks better than than you'd expect. But it would nice to be. It would be nice to see, you know, uh, really elite talent to kind of get this going, and then the, you know maybe the next phase. Matt, uh, you know, I think you're one of the uh, the best uh, writers locally, not just Orioles. Uh, wherever you've been, you've put out quality work. Appreciate you uh, joining today. People can follow you on Twitter. You make it easy. Where? <laughs> just Matt Kremnitzer. And you can find Matt's work at uh, currently at PressBox. Uh, Matt, appreciate you joining. Appreciate your thoughts. Uh, continue with the great work. I I will say I uh, try and avoid Twitter at all costs, but Matt is a great follow. Puts out a uh, – he actually engages – puts out – does what people actually should, <laughs> actually engaging and interacting and putting out content where I just drop links. <laughs> Matt, great. Give him a follow if, if you're not already. I'm sure you are Oriole fans. But, Matt, thanks again for joining. Thank you. I appreciate it. All right, take care.